Welcome to Life Church Hurley's audio podcast. We hope this teaching will challenge you in any season of life you may be in. Thank you for joining us. We hope you'll enjoy. Let's see how fast we can get this done here. I got to keep my promises. Merry Christmas again. Man. First off, I need to apologize to John DeBose for Greg calling you out like that. Not everybody need to know that you can't drive. Oh, man. Well, good morning. Look, a couple times a year, two or three times a year, we do a children's service where we have all the children in here. And believe me, we know not to go the whole length, right? So uh, for everybody's sake, uh, we do a one-hour service on Christmas. And so I've got to share this with you because it is so, so good. If you have your Bibles, go to Luke chapter one, obviously the Christmas story. But I want you to see a few things and uh, I might talk a little fast and I will do my absolute best to get us out by 11. But check this out. Luke chapter one, verse 26 says this. It says, now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph to the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. Amen. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. And then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Amen, church. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great. He will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. Amen. Amen. Now look, look at verse 28 and look at verse 30. What's one word that kind of sticks out right there? Favored. Man, that was quick. Somebody was ahead of me. Favored. Tell me this. I I think we look at this story and we look at Mary and we say that Mary was favored because she gave birth to Jesus, right? Y'all agree with that? That's wrong. It's so funny because we think Mary is favored because she is the mother of Jesus. What a, what a favored woman that must be. But I want you to notice that it says that she was favored before she ever had Jesus. Do you know that she was favored before the angel of, of God ever visited her? Like, I, th- I think if we had an angel come and visit us, we'd go, oh man, God favored me by having an angel come and visit me. No, 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 no. She was favored, and that's why the angel came to her in the first place. Amen. And so we get this idea that we're not favored until God starts to use us. Have you ever been there? Like, oh man, God allowed me to do something, so therefore I'm favored. Man, God gave me something, and so therefore I'm favored. Do you know that you were favored before God ever gave it to you? That's why he gave it to you in the first place. And so you are highly favored by God, I believe that there are many people, there were, there were many other Marys, I believe. It just happened that Mary lived in the city that God wanted to choose, the little town that God wanted to choose. She lived in the, the time. She, she had her life right. She loved God. She worshiped God. She adored God. There were a lot of favored young women then. It just so happened that Mary fit the right, the right moment for God to use her. Amen. 
There are a lot of people who say, you know, I don't know. I don't think I'm favored by God. I don't think I have the favor of God. I don't, I don't think I have the blessing of God on my life because you don't see what other people see. You know, I'm going to tell you, when you become a child of God, you are favored by him. Amen. Do we have any ch- ch- children of God in the house? All right, so if you said yes, if you commented, even, even if you groaned, you are favored by God. Mary was not favored by God when God started to use her. Y'all hear me? Mary was not favored the moment that God started to use her. And you know what that means? Is God does not remove the favor when he stops using you. And so maybe you feel like, man, I had a great ministry back in the day and I was so favored by God and God put me in front of men and women and I was allowed to do great things. God favored me. You know what? God's favor never came off of your life. And so maybe you're young and, and maybe you, you don't see things of God and, and maybe uh, you, you're just trudging through life and just, just trying to make it. And you're like, I don't think God favored me at all. I don't see the hand of God. I don't see the favor of God. I don't see the blessings of God. I don't see the goodness of God. No, I'm going to tell you, when you are adopted into the king, into the kingdom of God, you are his. Amen. Your kids are favored because they are yours, right? How many grandparents do we have in the house? All right, that's a lot of grandparents. How many of you are about to spoil your grandkids? And then leave. Anybody? (laughs) How many parents? I'm not recommending this, but how many parents already stocked up on Benadryl? Anybody? I'm just just wondering. (laughs) Mary was not favored the moment she gave birth to Jesus. Mary was not favored the moment she conceived Jesus. Mary was not favored the moment that the angel came. Mary was favored by the throne room of God. And God spoke to the angel and said, hey, I see a favored one of me down there. And I want you to go visit her and tell her that she is favored by me. She's not favored because you visited her. She's favored because I put my hand on her. Amen. That's who your God is. God favored her. And then she started seeing the results of her favor, not the other way around. Amen. I want you to look at, look at Luke chapter 1, verse 46. Go a few verses down. And I want you to see what Mary said. This is so good. Mary, after being visited by the angel and after hearing this amazing news that she's going to give birth to Jesus, this is what Mary's heart says. That's how she cries out. says this, verse 46. She said, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior. That's what we're doing this morning. And then she said, for he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me and holy is his name. Thank you, Leah, for singing that song this morning, the names of of God, because the names are endless. Amen. And Mary looks and goes, hey, I'm nobody. Do we have any nobodies in the house? Mary said, I am nobody. I was a nobody among nobody and a little, I'm little lowly me. Who am I? But God favored me. 
You don't need anything of yourself. You don't, you don't need any wisdom. You don't need any money. You don't need any position. All you need is the favor of the Lord on your life. That's it. All you need is to know who God is. All you need to know is your place in his kingdom. All you need to know is that you are favored by him and that you're one of his children. Amen, church. Mary said, I am nobody, but God was everything. You know what's amazing is before you are anything, you are. Before Mary was the mother of Jesus, she was favored to be the mother of Jesus. Before you are anything, you are favored to be it. Whatever God has called you to be, whether it's pastor, prophet, or, or electrician, or farmer, whatever it is, whatever God's called you to do, before you ever see it, you're favored to do it. Before you, are ever, before you ever put your hand to the plow, before you ever see a result of it, you are favored to do it. And I know you're going, okay, this is basic, I get it, but I need you to understand this this Christmas morning. Amen, church. Before you were ever, whatever he called you to be, you're already favored to be it. Do you know that the love of God does not start when he starts to use you? The favor of God, the family of God, the calling of God does not start when he starts to use you. So many of us feel like we're in this season of waiting. We feel like God's not really using us and we really want to be used. How many of you would love to be used by God? Like not just used by God, like you know God used me in that moment. We hear stories from, from these men. We hear stories from Ron and all these men who go out and you go, hey, God used them. We would love to point and go, God favored me in that moment. But you have to know that you are favored before that moment. If you show up to that, to that day and you go, man, I hope God favored me, that's doubt and fear. But if you go walk in there going, hey, I know who I am and my God, I know what God spoke over my life, then you'll be a confident believer who will never doubt. Amen. The love of God does not start then. Jesus at 12 years old, y'all remember this? Jesus in the temple and his parents walk away from him. Even Jesus must have been annoying sometimes. No, but they, they, they left him in the temple and they come back. They're like, oh, we did not mean. It was like the first home alone. We didn't mean to leave you. And then they go back to Jesus. He was 12 years old. And do you remember what Jesus told his parents when they're like, hey, where have you been? He said, I must be about my father's business. Now, we know that Jesus at 30 years old is turning the water into wine and his mom is going, hey, I need you to do this miracle for, for me because, you know, these people are starting to look bad. And Jesus says at 30 years old, he goes, it's not my time yet. It's not his time at 30, but yet at 12, he was about his father's business. So even at 12, Jesus says, I'm not who I'm going. I'm not who people are going to perceive me to be yet, but I am anointed right now as that person. Amen? I must be about my father's business today, regardless of what people think I am today. I must do today what God has called me to do, and I will see the result of my favor later, but I know that I'm favored to do it right now. 
And so we have a lot of 12-year-olds in the house, eight-year-olds and younger in the house. I want to tell you, if you're a child of God, you are favored by him to do his work. I want you to see this real quick. Go to 1 Samuel chapter 2. Samuel is going to be born to a woman named Hannah. Hannah is a mighty woman of God. She's going to go and plead to God that she wants to have a male child. She is pleading with God, and, and God is going to grant her request. That's what Scripture says. It says God had granted her request. It says that after that, she will have multiple sons and multiple daughters. She is going to be a very blessed woman, but it starts when she is begging God for her first child and for her first son. Now check this out. Hannah is going to give Samuel, after he's born, back to God to work in his temple. Now check this out. 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 18. It says that as Samuel is a little boy, Samuel ministered before the Lord, even as a child. He was wearing a linen ephod. Moreover, his mother used to make him a little robe and bring it to him year by year when she came up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice. Hannah begged for a child from God and then gave him to God's service and would go and visit her child as he served the Lord. Now, do y'all see what it says? He is a child. He's not the priest. He's a child serving. He's just a child. But do you see what the mom did? What did the mom do? Every year, she would give him a, a new robe to fit him for that year for the Lord's service. It means that the mom recognized the favor of the Lord on her child. And not only did she agree with it, she supported it. She, she ministered into her child. And, and she agreed with everything that God had spoken over her child. Let me, mom, dad, that is your job. If you're going to raise godly children in the house, then you need to agree with the favor of the Lord that's been placed on their head. I get it. They're annoying. They're going to throw things. They're going to break things. They're going to stay up late. I get it. But the favor of the Lord is on them if they've accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Amen? And so we have a, we have a responsibility not to see them just as, as kids. We have a responsibility to start anointing them and blessing them and calling them out by the same names that God calls them. Amen? And I'll be honest, we have a lot of strong men in this house, but we need men to do these things. Women, you're going to have to do it a lot, but men, it is your job to start calling these things out. It doesn't matter if you're uncomfortable or you've never done it before. It is your job and role as the man of the house. You are not a man until you do these things in your house. Amen. To call out the things that God sees. But I want you to see this. So Samuel ministered before the Lord. And now look at chapter 9, verse 3. Samuel would go on to, a, to he, he, would be a, he would be amazing. He would be a prophet. He would, uh, he would anoint kings. He would do amazing things. But before Samuel did all these things, the things that everybody saw, I want you to see what Samuel was doing. I'm sorry. Yes, Samuel, but I'm going to talk about Saul. All right, 1 Samuel chapter 9, verse 3. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm moving so fast. Check this out. 
Saul is going to become the king. Samuel is going to anoint Saul as king. But before Saul becomes king, or even anointed as king, I want you to look at what Saul was doing. 1 Samuel chapter 9, verse 3. It says, Now the donkeys of Kish, Saul's father, were lost. And Kish said to his son, Saul, Please take one of the servants with you and arise, go and look for the donkeys. So he passed through the mountains of Ephraim and through the land of Shalisha, and they did not find them. And they passed through the land of Shalem, and they were not there. Then he passed through the land of the Benjaminites, Benjamites, but they did not find them. And when they had come to the land of Zuf, which is great, somebody name your kid Zuf, please. <laughs> said Saul said to his servant who was with him, Come, let us return, lest my father cease caring about the donkeys and become worried about us. Now, it's easy to like see yourself in Scripture sometimes, but, but you're not Saul. Do y'all agree with that? There's nobody in this room that is King Saul. Nobody. But do you know that King Saul wasn't King Saul until he was anointed and favored by God to be King Saul? And so here he is as a young man, and you know what he's doing? He's going to look for donkeys because that's what his, his dad told him. He's wandering from town to town, city to city, looking for donkeys. Have you seen my donkey? Oh, you haven't seen your donkey, Saul. All right, and then he, go, he goes to Westmobile. Have you seen my donkey? So we haven't seen your donkey, Saul. And then he goes out to Sims. Uh, have you seen my donkeys? Oh, we haven't seen, we haven't seen your donkeys, Saul. Then he goes out to Irvington, and he takes, he takes his gun with him, but he goes out to Irvington. <laughs> Have you seen my donkey? No, 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 no we, haven't, we haven't seen your donkey, Saul. I want you to notice something. 1 Samuel chapter 10, right there, starting at verse 6. It says, Then the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you and will prophesy with them and be turned into another man, and let it be... When these signs come to you, that you do as the occasion demands, for God is with you. Now, I just made a huge leap, and you're going, wait, we're missing some story. And we are, for time, I had to cut it down. But Saul is wandering around looking for donkeys. Y'all hear me this morning? And he comes this idea that he's heard about this man of God and this city that he's going to. And if I can find this man of God, the man of God will tell me where my donkeys are. That sounds pretty good, right? By the way, don't come to me because I don't know where your donkeys are. But they heard about this man of God, this prophet, this seer is what they would be called. His name was Samuel. Now, something funny happened because as they're going to look for Samuel, they ask him about their donkeys. God speaks to Samuel and tell Samuel that I'm going to raise up a king. And by the way, this king that you're going to tell him he's favored by God, he's going to be a young man looking for donkeys. And so here Saul is walking, looking for donkeys, and then he's looking for a man of God. But the donkeys have already been found, but Saul doesn't know it yet because there's no cell phones. And Saul, the man that he, I mean, Samuel, the man that Saul is looking for, is actually looking for him. What an amazing moment. And Saul has no idea what's about to happen. 
And then he meets Samuel. This young man meets Samuel. And Samuel starts talking gibberish like, oh, you are favored by God and, and look at you and, and, and our people are going to be raised up because of you and we're going to overcome our enemies because of you. And, and Saul just goes, who are you? What are you saying? Why are you, he says this, he says, why are you saying the things you're saying? He goes, because you are favored by God. You have been favored by God to be king. He's I don't know anything about being a king. We don't even have kings. You know what I'm saying? He's like, I just want to know where the donkeys are. And Samuel has to look at him in the face and say, don't worry about the donkeys because you're going to be king. And Saul is so confused, just like you would be. If somebody walked up to you and started telling you your future and you don't even care about your future, you would be really, really confused, wouldn't you? I mean, some of you moms, you know, I'm going to prophesy this morning, you're going to have 12 kids. And you don't even know that right now. You are so blessed. Or cursed. Whatever, however you want to put that. But I want you to see something. I want to read what I just read again. Saul starts to contend with the favor of God. And he starts to say, that's not me. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just looking for donkeys. And here's what Samuel says. Samuel says, the spirit of the Lord will come upon you and you will prophesy with the other prophets and be turned into, you ready? Another man. Church, it don't matter what you do. God says, if you follow me, you will be turned into the person that I want you to be. Now check this out. It's even better. Let's keep going. And let it be when these signs come to you that you do as the occasion demands for God is with you. See, right now you're trying to figure out everything in your life and all God is trying to get you to do is to follow him. Man, you're, 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 some of y'all are planning 20, 30 years down the road, but you don't even know what God's calling you to do today. So how are you going to plan for 30 years down the road? And I'm, I love this. And so there are so many people who go, oh, you know, I'm not confident. I'm not that way. I don't know scripture and, and I can't preach and I can't do these things. And God says, I will make you the man that I want you to be. I will make you the woman I want you to be. You, you know, Mary was just minding her own business, living her own life, loving, loving God. Mary wasn't asking to be the mother of the Savior of the world. But God says, I'm going to make you the mother of the Savior of the world. God's favor is upon you. Amen? God's favor is upon you. And I know what you're thinking. Not me. You. God's favor is on you. If you are a follower of Jesus, if you are his, if you're in the kingdom of God, if you're in the family of God, his favor is upon you to go out and do the things that he's called you to do. And I love what it says. He says, he says, I will make you the person I want you to be. And what does it say at the very end? He says, and when these signs come to you, do as the occasion demands, because you ain't by yourself. When the moment comes for you to step up, do the things that the occasion demands for you to do. 
I love that he doesn't say, hey, these things are coming, so you need to sit at home and worry about what you're going to do and how you're going to respond. It doesn't say you have to sit there and plan and argue with God and plead with God. He says these things will be. You just do the things God's asking you because God is there in the first place. Amen. The favor of God is upon you. So what in the world does it have to do with Christmas? First off, I want you to see God in your life today. I want you to see God in your life today. Because there are many people, many believers, there are many pastors on this planet who don't feel like God is with them until the moment that God starts to use them. But you are favored today by the hand of God. Amen? And you might have done something years ago and you think, oh man, that season's over. No, no, no. God's favor is upon you today. And if you know that God has favored you today, then you're, then you're not going to be nervous. You're not going to walk away from him. You're going to be long suffering and waiting for the things of God in your life. You're not going to make mistakes. You're not going to make crazy decisions. You're not going to go off and try to make things happen on your own. You know what you're going to do? You're going to wait on God. The favor of God is upon you. Amen, church. You're not too young. And if you say you're too young, guess what? You're wrong. If you say you're not doing anything important, guess what? You're wrong. Some of you are right where you should be today. And you know where that is? Looking for donkeys out in the countryside. Some of you probably literally. (laughs) But you know what I mean? Some of you are just kind of going through life doing the same routine, doing what someone else is telling you to do. And you're like, man, God's not in this. The favor of God is not in this. What am I doing? I go to work every day. I work eight hours a day. I work hard. I bring home a paycheck. I come home. I scroll through Facebook. I go to bed. I wake up. I go to work. I work eight hours a day. I'm tired. I I just, I just do life. And you know what God says? He says, the favor of the Lord is on you. But I don't, I don't see it. The favor of the Lord is on you. I'm just, I'm just raising kids every day. I don't do anything for myself. I don't, I don't even get to have manicures, pedicure. I don't, I don't get to get massage. I, I just, I just do what I do every single day. I'm going to tell you the favor of the Lord is upon you. I've never seen miracles. I've, I've never done anything great. I've never, I've never stood on stage. I've never done anything that I want to do. The favor of the Lord is upon you. If Satan can get you to believe that God is not with you every single day, that he's not speaking to you every single day, that he doesn't have you right where he wants you to be every single day, then you eventually will stop listening to God. But when you know that the favor of the Lord is upon you today, you're going to be ears wide open for what God has to say. Amen. There Saul was walking, walking. He was looking for donkeys, but he wasn't even finding donkeys because he wasn't even good at finding donkeys. Yet the favor of the Lord was on him to do great and mighty things. Amen, church. The more you understand God, the more you will see God. The more that you know who you are 
in his kingdom, the more you will understand God, the more you will see him working, the more patient you will be with him, the more the more you will seek after him, the more you will love him, the more you will read through his scriptures because you want to know what this season of waiting is all about. You will know that God is with you and he is speaking to you and he is moving you to where he wants you to be. He is making you to who you he wants you to be. He's going to be with you when you get there. And when you get there, you're going to make all the right decisions because the favor of the Lord is upon you. Amen. The favor of the Lord is upon you. I want you to look at Mark chapter 16 because here's what Jesus says and I'm done. I'm sorry. I went over like 12 minutes. Forgive me. It's Christmas. Is that hallelujah for forgiving me or hallelujah because I'm done? No, I'm asking. I just want to know. I think everybody wants to know. Joe said, wrap it up. All right, here we go. Come on. Mark 16. If you're a visitor, I just want you to know that this is normal. So uh, <laughs> Mark 16, how did it get normal? I don't know. Anyhow, Mark 16, 14 says this. Jesus, with his disciples, it's going to be the last thing in the book of Mark that Jesus has recorded that Jesus said to his disciples. Mark 16, 14 says that later Jesus appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table. And he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. And he said to them something that he probably shouldn't even have to tell his disciples by this point, but he's having to tell them over and over again. He says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And and these signs will follow those who believe. He says, here's some things that you'll do. He said, in my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents and they will drink anything deadly. It will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will cover and they will recover. So then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and you know what they did? It says they preached everywhere. And who was doing it? The Lord was working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Amen. This is like an exact parallel to what happened to Saul. Jesus says, you're going to do things that you've never seen before. Even up to this point, you're going to do great and mighty things that you've never seen. You don't even think you can do it. That's why I'm telling you all over again that you need to do it. Because right now, you don't think you can do it. He says, but you're going to go and do it. And guess what? I'll be there and I'll be helping you. You know what I love about the story of Samuel? Hannah wants to have a kid. She begs, pleads God. God gives her a boy. His name is going to be Samuel. She puts him in the temple. He's just a little boy. Do you know what book that's in, in the Bible? First Samuel. You are a genius. You know what's even better about that, Beckett? If there's a first Samuel, that means there's a second Samuel. Here's a woman 
who prayed to have the favor of the Lord upon her. But she already had the favor. And God granted her request because of the favor that was on her. And not only did the story start with him, but he has two books in the Bible all about the amazing life that he led. And you know what? Even as a child, Hannah blessed him according to what he would be by the favor of God and not who he was. So discipline your kid. Do do whatever you need to do with your kid, but also anoint and bless and confirm the hand of God. But if you're going to do it for your kids, you got to do it for yourself. you got to look in the mirror and start confirming who God says that you are to him. You have to start looking at yourself and saying, I, yes, even I, have the favor of the Lord upon me. And everywhere I walk, the gospel of Jesus will be on my lips. Everything that I set out to do will be God's work, and he will do the work through me. Amen, church? Merry Christmas. Lord, we love you so much. You are such a good God. You are such an amazing Savior to the world. Lord, thank you, thank you that you came on our behalf to be with us and to walk with us. But I love what you told the disciples. You said, now I'm I'm leaving, but I'll still be here. And everything that you do in my name, I'll still be here. I'll still be speaking. I'll still be anointing. And I'll still be showing the favor that I've already placed on you. Lord, we love you. You didn't just leave us down here on this planet to search for donkeys. Lord, as we're just doing life, you're seeking us. You're coming to us. You're blessing us. You're speaking over us. You're loving us. When we thought we were just making it. We love you. And this Christmas, we have not forgot about you. We are blessed, and we thank you for the presence under the tree. But Lord, we thank you for the reminder of the star on top of the tree, that you are the light of the world. You are the light of our lives and of our families. Thank you, Lord, that when we walk out these doors, we walk in the favor of the Lord. Lord, thank you. Thank you that we get to celebrate Christmas constantly every single year. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, amen, amen. amen. Will you stand and love on somebody on your way out? Merry Christmas. Thanks again for listening to our audio podcast. If you would like to find out more about our church, you can visit us at life-church.org.